Look at my butt. Show number 189 of Look at His Butt, special Shatmoy edition. Happy Shatmoy. A moist and merry Shatmoy to you all. <laughs> it's that time of year, people. The it's happiest the time of year. It is. It's the holy week of Shatmoy. It's, <laughs> it's rapidly approaching. I can't believe it's so soon. Oh, it's incredible. I know. I know. I wish, I wish you and I were together. I wish we were together with all our listeners having a fabulous party in a grand ballroom. But yeah, we will all celebrate in our own way. We will. And so everybody because should be celebrating Shatmoy. Because it's, an, this is the, it's an all-embracing holiday. You it know? is. It's for um, everyone. For everybody to go and do their Shatnery, Nimoy things. Yes. Uh, and things are happening. People are celebrating the the wonderful, wonderful Shatmoy holiday. So I wanted to start off by actually reading something that appeared in the paper just today. Because okay, but first it, I need to point out yes. one thing. As we yes. are recording, tonight is the very last Shat Fest in the Bay Area. That's right. Because yes. Will the Thrill and Monica Tiki Goddess are relocating to Seattle. And um, I have asked him, of course, to keep us posted if they decide to, you know, do something like that up there. So, mm-hmm. you know, Will the Thrill may still be the, the king of Shat Fest, but um, a little farther north. So anyway, read us the thing. Okay. So, of course... As I do, I open up the local paper, the San Francisco Chronicle, and I'm checking out what's happening this weekend. And it doesn't really surprise me when I open it up and there's a picture of Bill in the paper. (laughs) Of course not. No, because, you know, Bill's everywhere at all times. And especially it doesn't surprise me when I know that it's, you know, Shatmoy's coming up and it's his birthday and something is going to be happening. Of course. you know, you had posted on the Facebook page about um, the very last Shatfest happening, so I thought maybe it's connected. But no, in fact, this is a different thing that's happening in honor of his birthday. So the title of this article is, It's William Shatner's Birthday, Go Shacting at the Roxy. (laughs) So there's that that verb that I think we coined, shacting. Um, And it's in a headline in the newspaper. So I'm going to read this little article, which has some good things and some bad things, which I wanted to point out. Okay. Um, So it says, William Shatner, as an alcoholic defrocked priest battling an evil demon aboard an airplane, and as a con man slash gigolo who seduces then kills women, think of the possibilities for overacting. Quote, he's a class unto himself, unquote, said Scott Moffat, co-creator of Film Cult. I believe the Vogue academic term is shacting. Every performance offers a fleeting portal into the mystery that is the soul of William Shatner. Film Cult and The Vortex Room are celebrating the 83rd birthday and career of the man who is so much more than Captain Kirk with a triple feature, plus something that's called Shat Shorts, at the Roxy Theater in San Francisco on Saturday night. Um, First up is a 16-millimeter print of the horror at 37,000 feet. Uh, Not to be confused with Shatner's great Twilight Zone episode, The Nightmare at 20,000 feet. (laughs) This is 17,000 feet more horrible. (laughs) That's right. And the very next paragraph says, The extra 17,000 feet makes all the difference in horror. (laughs) It's great that they picked up on that. Um, A TV movie that first aired on CBS on February 13th, 1973. Shatner is a defrocked priest whose faith is challenged when an airplane load of people, including Buddy Ebsen and pilot Chuck Connors, is threatened by spirit. It's dwelling within a relic being transported in the cargo hold. Shatner's performance plays like a low-rent version of the cynical priest portrayed by Gene Hackman in The Poseidon Adventure. Quote, I was just thinking I might become a doctor, Shatner's Paul Kovalik muses. Why not? They have a power over women, that paternal thing. Except doctors are free to use it, unquote. Ooh! And he says, I saw this movie. I remember watching it on TV back in the day, and it was a terrible movie. Um, a fun, campy horror film that I did in the 70s, Shatner wrote on Twitter earlier this month. And he did. I remember seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, compared with horror, the next feature, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, is practically Hamlet. Although it's nice to see the best Star Trek movie on a big screen in 35 millimeter. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. 
Uh, fortunately, we delve back into the gutter with a midnight screening of Impulse. Impulse! Of course. Originally titled Wanna Ride, Little Girl, <laughs> upon its release in 1974, it's a cheaply made Florida shot train wreck of a movie made watchable by Shatner's Shacting. Oh, it yes. Also, yeah. It also stars Ruth Roman, 25 years after her leading lady performance in Hitchcock's Stranger on a Train, and Harold Sakata, odd job in Goldfinger. So what is it about William Shatner? At one point, the Canadian-born actor was a rising serious actor. He starred with Yul Brynner and Maria Schell in Richard Brooks' adaptation of Dostoevsky's Brothers Karamazov, had a nice supporting role in Stanley Kramer's Judgment at Nuremberg, and did a good job as a southern racist opposing desegregation in Roger Corman's The Intruder. But Star Trek made him a star and a joke. He made records. His album, The Transformed Man, featuring spoken word covers of Mr. Tambourine Man and Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. During the 1970s, churning out one turkey after another, it didn't seem as if he was in on the joke. Now the avid tweeter and two-time Emmy winner is all in. He fully embraces his status as a cheesy pop culture icon. He'd love the idea of this triple feature, although he won't be at the Roxy on Saturday night. Quote, after the restraining order, this is about as close as I can get to Bill. Unquote. <laughs> Jokes Moffat. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So, okay. So, I'm glad that they're doing this. It's very nice mm-hmm. that they're showing it. And it's really good that they're showing Impulse. And it's nice that they're showing Wrath of Khan on the big screen. Because yeah. it's always good to see that on yeah. the big screen in a theater full of people. Um, and that that terrible movie, The Horror at 37,000 Feet, doesn't get screened nearly enough. And it is a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> and he's got an awful toupee. I mean, oh. it's a terrible, bad, bad. 1973, you can be sure yes. that the toupee was very bad. Yes. But I really want to take issue with the writing in the second half of this. Um, Star Trek made him a star and a joke? I don't think that's true. I don't um, think Star Trek made him a joke. I think... The the uh, that impact or or whatever was uh, reserved for those bad movies in the seventies, yeah. and all the 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 people doing these impersonations of him that were so exaggerated. Yeah, um, and I also want to take issue with the fact that saying during the seventies, churning out one turkey after another. I mean. Yeah, he did a bunch of bad movies, but he also did some really good stuff in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like he just did bad stuff and there was nothing good that came out of the 70s. Right. Cause so, I, I don't know. I, that's I feel when like he they, did uh, The Tenth Level. Yeah, he which did is The Tenth excellent. Level. And then he did um, the uh, the Civil War thing. The Andersonville Trial. Called? Yes, which was really good. That was very and, good. you know, he did other things, too, that were mm-hmm. good. So I just... I feel like they they just glossed over, they elided a lot of his really good work, and well, they totally just did not mention any of the really good solid acting work that he did, like Boston Legal and all that other good stuff. Yes, that really yes. made people remember that he's a really good actor. He's not just a cheesy pop culture icon; he's a really good actor, and people are finally remembering that. Now. Well, and the, the tone they're giving it is that. Um, he chose to do all these crappy movies because he has no taste. He can't read and yeah. dis- di- t- distinguish a good script. And I don't believe that's true in the least. Um, he he did those because he needed to keep working. He yeah. has a very, very strong work ethic. He felt very strongly about uh, supporting his family, you know, yes. about being the breadwinner. And if that means you do horror at 37,000 feet, you do it because you bring home that paycheck. And, yeah, although they're terrible movies, his motivations are perfectly respectable and even laudable. Exactly. So I'm I'm just, you know, sure, we're Bill fans and we're going to defend him, but I just feel like the rest, this the last four paragraphs here just rub me the wrong way because yeah. they do Bill a real disservice. And right. it bugged me a yes. lot. Well, um, I want to say that Sean Dickin had also sent us a link about this thing at the Roxy and about Shatfest. And um, so I had posted, we need local reporters on these things. So yes. I hope when we do the next show, we will have some reports from people who are able to attend this event at the Roxy and um, also to attend uh, Shatfest. Yes. And uh, and that we'll get we'll get to hear about those things because, you know, oh, I, I wish we were there. I, I, I just really, really do. 
I do too. I, I wish we could be at every Chatmoy event that's going to happen oh, over the next week. Because I know. That would be awesome. And, of course, also leave us not forget that during Chatmoy, we also celebrate your birthday. This is true. Which is, <laughs> you know, it's, we got to, I don't know, somehow name it Chatmoyte uh, or something to, to get <laughs> Lena Taylor in there. But um, your presents are on the way, so hopefully next show you will be opening presents. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> well, who wouldn't be? <laughs> but really, now that I have a Gorn mug, like, what could top that? I don't know. I know. It made it very tough to, uh, to shop. But I have to say, that present I got you for Christmas that I also got me, the little sticky bill thing that you use to clean your screens... Oh, I love that. I use it all the time. I do, too. I've got it's it on awesome. the back of my mini iPad, and, oh, it just does the most amazing job. It does. I have it right. I, I have it on my nightstand because, um, you know, my phone is right there, and I, I look at it when I'm, um, you know, in bed just before I go to sleep, <laughs> and then I have it in the morning. So it's at a perfect place for me to wipe it off, and it's, oh. you know, by my bed. So there's Bill's face, and yeah. I can look at his face, and it feels like he's protecting me and keeping me safe. And well. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. And I like it. I have never seen a non-Bill version of that. And it seems to me that's like an absolutely essential accessory to yeah. our smartphones and iPads and yeah, all that I, stuff. I, I think so, yeah. So. so I'm happy. It's a wonderful gift. Thank you so much for oh, it. Well, it. Oh, well, it worked out really well. Oh, well, yes. Yes, yes. Well, I, um, I have rearranged the furniture in my apartment, so it now looks much better. But as I'm doing this, I'm looking across the room at my bookcase, and, and there's my Captain Kirk salt and pepper shaker, which is, you know, my, <laughs> my current top favorite of all. <laughs> Because he's so cute and he's thinking so hard. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's wonderful. Um, I, I wanted to, uh, just as an aside before I forget, this yes. is a somewhat off topic, but our listeners may be interested in hearing it. Um, you had reminded me um, when we were talking about um, me still looking for that uh, DVD of Voice of the Planet, which I mm-hmm. still haven't found yet. <laughs> um but I was going through some of the zines that you had given me, and I'm, I'm still selling some of them on eBay. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of them were just Xerox copies of zines, yes. which aren't really things that people are going to buy. And I wanted to give them a good home because, you know, they're zines and they're part of history. And mm-hmm. I felt bad just recycling them, you know. Um, so I had been contacted a while ago by a woman who said, if you're ever interested in donating them, I would take them. And it turns out she lives in San Jose, which is kind of close by. So I got in touch with her, and I'm going to uh, deliver them to her. And she's going to donate them to an archive. And they keep printed copies of zines that are kind of rare and out of print. Uh-huh. And um, they're going to just basically be in a library of printed zines for all the world to have so that they you know, will be there and they're going to be scanned and then people will actually be able to access them. So they will go to a good resting place at long last. Is this, is it the KS Press Archive? It is not the KS Press Archive. Oh, because I know they have one and their members can borrow zines. Mm -hmm. No, this is a a separate thing. It's run by the same people who run uh, FanLore, which Uh is an online archive. And they're always looking for stuff, and so that is where they will finally end up. Wow, well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I feel good about that. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I felt bad that I didn't, I couldn't find a place to, to, you know, right. put them. Because <laughs> stuff like that just seems like it should go someplace. And so now they have a good home. Oh, that's and, wonderful news. Yeah, I feel very morally good about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. You definitely should. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so that, that was my little good deed for this week. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear about it. Okay, so um, I want to talk about the first thing on a, on the list. Okay, which one? The list I sent you. Uh, yes. Bill is going to have a reality show. That's insane. Well, he's <laughs> been saying he wanted one. He yeah. thinks he and his family are, you know, are exactly what we need in this era of honey boo boo and God knows what mm-hmm. else. But here's what the article says, and I am looking forward to this. The ever-busy William Shatner has added another project to his schedule, a reality show about house renovations. 
The show from DIY Network will be called The Shatner Project. Produced by Scott Sternberg Productions, The Shatner Project, a five-episode series, will follow the renovation of Shatner's California home. This means we will see the fountain that splashes the Emmys. Uh huh. Okay. Go on. In each 30 minute episode, Shatner and wife Liz, quote, with the help of a construction team, will gut their 1970s style California home, including the kitchen, living room, and dining room. The couple also will renovate the front patio area in order to create the perfect place for big family parties, as well as remodel Shatner's favorite hangout spot. The media room. I am embracing change, said Shatner. Our home will be unfamiliar territory for a while, but I'm excited by all of it. Shatner could easily handle a phaser as Captain Kirk, quote, but I don't know about a hammer, quote, he said. (laughs) What can viewers expect from the show? This is like a dramatic show with a revelation at the end, said Shatner. There's conflict and there's tension and characters evolve. The Shatner Project is set to debut in October. Shatner said that the show may run for six episodes <laughs> instead of the planned five. And this came from Variety. Okay. Um, how much money do you bet that Bill's going to set something on fire over the course of five episodes? <laughs> I don't think I can even take that bet. He is definitely going to do something disastrous you know set something on fire or you know hit his thumb with the hammer Uh but um you know he said he's not good with the hammer but we saw that commercial where he put together those stairs i was just thinking that (laughs) i i was literally thinking that as you were reading this i was like he did the hammer and the stairs and that it was so easy Uh, yes yes i mean come on like if they're going to do the kitchen, right? So that means that they're not going to have any place to cook mm-hmm. for like four weeks because you know what a kitchen renovation is like, yes. right? So they're going to be like eating eating out or they're going to be cooking on a camp stove or something like that. And mm-hmm. I just know that Bill is going to set something on fire or I don't know what. He's disaster. It's going to be a disaster. <laughs> I can't somewhere. wait I for know. this. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be really, really good. He's going to put a foot through the floor, or he's mm-hmm. going to lean on a wall that he's not supposed to lean on, and his hand's going to go through it, you yep, know, all yep. of those things. Yep. He's going to do something you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this is, to me, very typical Bill, that, you know, they want to do a home renovation, and, mm-hmm. and he's turning it into a show, so in addition to making money off it he's probably getting them to pay for the renovation or a huge part of it of course and uh you know he and liz were so cute on that american pickers show with the the pie safe and everything Mm -hmm. and and his idea is getting shot down ever so gently by her which was so cute it's going to be great. I think and you know that, that the the whole renovation is going to fall like weeks behind because mm-hmm. he's going to be busy interviewing the workers. <laughs> you know, he's going to be stopping them and saying, now, what are you doing with that tool? Explain yes. how that works. Yes. I, w- I want to understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now you have to hold it this way. How long have you been doing this? Where did you go to school? <laughs> you know, and what other homes have you worked on? And she'll I'd, be I'd going, like to know about honey, honey, let him, let him do the work, honey. <laughs> Really? It's like, no, this is interesting. I'd like, I want to know more about this. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, I think that is just going to be a blast. I think so, too. It, it's amazing that, that no one has done this so far. Like, after mm-hmm. seeing him do um, the interview show, you know, this is just a natural. It's going to be great. Yes, yes. Now, um, this also kind of leads up to our second topic, which uh, Bill caused on the Internet quite a kerfuffle. By suddenly quitting Twitter and then coming back. You know what? It happened so fast, I didn't even realize it happened. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) But here's what the article says. William Shatner surprised his Twitter following recently by announcing his departure from the social network. But then, the next day, he changed his mind and returned to his 1.8 million followers. Last Wednesday, Bill posted and said, My dear friends, after much deliberation, I've made the decision to leave Twitter. It's not an easy decision, but it's the right one for me. I wish you all my best. Yesterday, Shatner was back (laughs) and explaining what had prompted his decision to leave and why he had returned. 
made a bad midnight decision, he said, pressured by too many things on my plate. In a peak, I quit Twitter. Boy, did I make a mistake. (laughs) Yep, he rage quit. Yes. (laughs) It might be that he got tired of some of the behaviors that one typically finds online. Hmm, he said, goading Misha and Adam, returns hours later, driven off by haters, gone jabberwocky with that looking glass chick, absurdities. At any rate, whatever the reason, the chat is back and wanted people to know that today is National (laughs) Coconut Tort Day, and tomorrow, tomorrow is National Potato Chip Day, cake and chips. So, here's what I think happened. Bill, as we have talked about, has gotten so... Wrapped up in twitting, tweeting, twittering, tweeting, twittering. Yes. yes, and I think at some point, Liz said, "Turn off the computer and come to bed." Okay. And and he interpreted that as, "Oh, I guess I should quit Twitter." <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, "Oh, maybe I don't actually have to quit it. Maybe I could just step away from the computer for a while." <laughs> Yeah, that would probably be all right. <laughs> that would probably be okay. Or they told him that during the home inter- innovation, there may be a short interval of a couple hours when he wouldn't have internet. <laughs> so he thought, well, I'll just quit Twitter. <laughs> oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. He is just so amazing. But I, uh, what surprises me is that Bill actually admitted to being overwhelmed by all that he does. Really? Um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he just was, I, I don't feel like he gets overwhelmed by all of the actual things that mm-hmm. he does. Maybe he just got too overwhelmed by all of the computer things that he does. Because I could see that happening, right? Yeah. Like, like too much going on on his computer. Yeah. You know, too, too many emails, too many people sending him uh, direct messages, too many requests. Yeah, that might be a yeah. little overwhelming for him. That might be. That might be. But welcome back, Bill. The, welcome back. The twit verse. So the twit verse missed you. It was. It was <laughs> empty without you. We, we were. We were so sad when you were gone for ten minutes. We're, <laughs> we're happy that you're back. I know. Normally, I don't get all teary when he signs off for the night, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's so funny. Well, and I love that he, he signs back on with, it's like, good morning, everybody. What did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> the rioting like, in the streets because you weren't here? <laughs> really? But it's like he, he really expects people to fill him in on I what was going on I while know. he was sleeping or something. But I, I don't know. Do people do that? I, I don't. I, I generally don't fill him in on what was going on. While I don't either. Asleep. But I think Bill is one of those people who... Uh, doesn't like the idea that he's missing out on anything. I totally agree. That things yeah. are happening and he's not right in the middle of it. Yeah, because yeah. he wants to know. Oh, Stuff yeah. Stuff is happening. Stuff is happening and, and, uh, and he wants to make a documentary about it. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, um, do you want to talk about these other two things on your list here? Um, yeah, let's quickly talk about those. Then we'll take a little break and then we'll, we'll come back to... Uh, we have some other very interesting things, but uh, this these next two sort of come under Trek crap. They do. They're pretty crappy. They're well, pretty and crappy. One of them is, and one of them is yeah. downright frightening, and that is uh, Star Trek pancakes. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've seen uh, some Star Trek stuff from Cake Rex, mm-hmm. but we, we haven't have. really gotten too much. And, you know, we've drunk some Romulan ale and, and things mm-hmm. like that, but we haven't gotten too much into the Trek-inspired food. But... Uh, here is these these pancakes, and the article says, Yesterday was Shrove Tuesday, also known as Pancake Tuesday, because mm-hmm. uh, Shrove is Latin for pancake. And the crew of the USS Enterprise was temporarily immortalized on a tasty breakfast treat. Christians often observe Shrove Tuesday by eating pancakes, which is a way to use up ingredients that would not be used during the four. 40-day fasting season of Lent. The Star Trek pancakes were created by Nathan Shields, who posted them on Pancakes, a site which features the creativity of various pancake artists. Other creations on the site include George Washington, Butterflies, Bart Simpson, Reindeer, Martin Luther King, and Dinosaurs. Now, these are ugly. 
yeah. and 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 scary and oh my god um it's hard to say who got the the worst foot but i'm sort of tending towards spock spock's pretty bad um i i was looking at the kirk one and thinking it doesn't really look like kirk the sulu one actually kind of looks like sulu yeah surprisingly yeah and the checkoff one is not is not bad poor uhura looks more like the oh. salt vampire yeah, not good. But not I do good. like the picture of the little kid holding up the Spock pancake. <laughs> Spock looks like he's got a um, kind of a five o'clock shadow that's creeping up the side of his face. Yes, yes. Now, I want to know, how do you make pancake art? Do I, you know, I don't know. Do you don't? I've never tried to do it. Do you, like, paint it with food coloring or something after it's baked? I, or? I really don't know. I don't know either. I would never have the patience to do that, you know. I don't even have the patience to make actual pancakes. I make waffles in a waffle maker instead because it's easier. Oh, okay. Um, I happen to really love homemade pancakes. and uh, But, I, again, I wouldn't have the patience to do the art because I want to eat the pancakes. I mean, that's kind of the point, right? But, yeah, yeah. But I so mean, I, I like pancakes when other people make them for me, especially at that great restaurant near you that we went oh, to. Oh, yes, with the good pancakes. <laughs> um, so, you know, whenever people see Jesus or Virgin Mary in an oil slick or a, a piece of toast or something, it, it's, a, it's a big deal because it means they're real. Does this mean Star Trek is real? Mm, maybe. Well, maybe it has to happen spontaneously. Maybe mm, that's the difference. Okay. So it only works if, like, you were making pancakes and you suddenly looked down and there was an image of Spock or Kirk or something. Mm-hmm. That would be different. Yeah. yeah. Not if you made it on purpose. Hmm. Well, listeners, you know, keep your eyes open. If you spontaneously create food or, mm-hmm. or dig up a p- potato that looks like one of them, we want to know. I want to know, definitely. That, that's important evidence for when we uh, get our PhDs in Star Trek. <laughs> That would be cool. That okay. Would be very cool. Our next little piece of Star Trek crap is this. I, I can't help it. I think it's kind of cool. It <laughs> is a Star Trek Enterprise pen. And it's like those pens that have a hula girl on them. <laughs> but when you, you know, write with them when they're at that angle, all her clothes float off and she's uh-huh, a naked girl. Yes, so um, this this new pen features a floating USS Enterprise and will surely be of interest to Trek fans. The Starship, or, sorry, the Star Trek floating Enterprise pen by Xeon and Underground Toys is decorated to look like the nacelle of the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. It is, too. Yes. Don't expect to use that pen for much writing, though, as the black ink is non-replaceable. But the pen is a neat little thing to have around, though. When the pen is tipped, the mini USS Enterprise seems to float through the liquid. The pen, approximately five and a half inches in length, is currently out of stock, but expected to be back in stock in several weeks. To order the pen, which sells for twelve ninety nine, head to the link located here. Now, you know what would be even cooler? If when you turn it to write it and the Enterprise is floating, is if it played... That would be cool. I wonder if they make other ones, too. Like, if you can get one that has, like, a Romulan bird of prey in it and, and a Klingon ship and stuff. That'd be cool if they made different ones. And a TARDIS. A, a TARDIS. They should probably make a whole bunch of different yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. But I think this, I don't know, this just looks cute to me. I love that along the side of the pen, you know, it says NCC 1701. Mm-hmm. It's got the red stripe and everything. and. I I like it. I like floating pens. I own a floating pen that I bought in London. It's got a little ship in it that goes right past the Tower of London. Oh, how cool. Oh, they do have a TARDIS one. Now I'm looking at the ThinkGeek site, and they do. They have a TARDIS. Oh, (laughs) boy. That, well, they're right on top of things. Yes, they are. Mm. See, I, once they developed the basic concept, they were like, okay, how many geeky things could we make? Right, yes, right, let's do right. It. <laughs> so much cooler than the McCoy ice cream truck from the last show. <laughs> and our last little bit of news that Star Trek exhibition is going to be at the Mall of America. Wow. In Minnesota. In Minnesota. In so the biggest mall. In ever. the biggest mall ever. So Marjorie and all her friends. Can go see little Jimmy's 
school exhibit. <laughs> they can go, they can have a nice afternoon at the mall. Um, they can save some room for dessert, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, price, they, the prices there are real reasonable. They're real reasonable. And uh, and they'll, they'll get to see all those things that Jimmy's always talking about from the outer space. So mm-hmm. um, all you Minnesotans, you sure want to go to that and send us your pictures. <laughs> so does that mean that they're, like, doing it in a, um, like a... <sighs> What am I trying to say? Like in a, um, a place in the mall, like a, a auditorium kind of place? Well, no, I did admission to go in? You do pay or admission. Or is it just going to... You do pay admission to go in. I didn't put the link to the article. I don't know why. I was losing my mind. But anyway, okay. um, it is in the site of a former large department store, not Nordstrom's, but one of the oh, biggies, okay. and it takes up a third of it. Holy crap. Wow. And currently in the space... You're going to love this. The Barbie Dreamhouse Experience. <laughs> so does that mean when you're walking around in the Star Trek exhibit, you might see little traces of pink glitter on the floor? Let's hope over? not. Let's hope not. Let's, let's hope they give it a really good cleaning. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty funny. Yes, that would be worth that would be worth going to if we were ever in Minnesota. It would be worth going to that mall just. Well, to see we the went to Minnesota, to you know, to see the uh, the collected works of William Shatner. <laughs> well, who knows? It could happen. It could be a road trip. They should, you know, they should have like a little Star Trek theater there, and the the collected works could perform, and we could do look at us but live and. <sighs> You know, all these people who do Star Trek performance type things like the Star Trek improv. Oh, um, that would be awesome. Speaking it would, of... It could be the Star Trek Center. Yes. And that's where you get your PhD from. <laughs> See, we're full of good ideas. Oh, full of good constantly, ideas. Constantly, constantly. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, speaking of Star Trek theater, apparently in one of the, the like small theater festivals in New York, the parody Warp Speed did quite well. And that's either, that's moving to, I think, off-Broadway, not necessarily Broadway, but I mean an open-ended run. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. That's great. Yep. But they're never going to run out of fans for Star Trek stuff. No, you know? no. It's, there's always going to be a built-in audience for that. Star Trek if is. It's well, if it's well done. Star Trek is forever, even more mm-hmm. forever than Diamonds. <laughs> And a better value for your money, I would say. I would say. I would definitely say. All right. Let's take a little break. Yes, let's take a um, break. Let's come back because we have other things that must be talked about. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Talk to us, listeners. We love hearing from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com, leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com, and don't forget our Facebook page, this podcast produced on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. Okay, we got an email from our good friend, Margaret, and I did not tell Lena this when I sent her the link, but here's the topic of the email. Out to lunch with Edith Keeler. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, The email says, hello, I came across this clip of Bill and Joan Collins talking about how sexuality works while he caresses her back and thought it should only be handled by experts. (laughs) Well, thank you, thank you, Margaret. We, uh, as you know, we are experts. We almost have degrees. But we love, first of all, when Bill talks about women and what he thinks is is a beautiful woman. And this this was just delightful. It's, um, I think, about a 12-minute clip. Mm-hmm. where he is being interviewed about City on the Edge of Forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and then, I don't know, a third of the way in, it, it cuts to he and Joan Collins being interviewed together. And I think right. they had finally both done their homework because they knew what the episode was about. She was no longer saying she was Hitler's girlfriend. <laughs> but um, This is right. And this, this was done uh, while he was doing Boston Legal because at the very end yes. um, she mentioned something about, oh, I could come and be on your show. I could be, you know, one of the opposing lawyers or mm-hmm. something. So. It was it was done a little while ago, but not that long ago. No, and he's he's looking good, but you know, except he, for that shirt. The well, shirt was bad. We yeah. <laughs> well, we could that could be another thing we could talk about is Bill and hats and Bill and shirts. You know, he mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. just uh, just doesn't know what he's doing. But anyway, uh, so they're talking about this romance between Kirk and Edith Keeler. And as there, there's like three cuts where they, they, you know, change the shot a little. And in each one, he's gotten much, much closer. Yes. Yes, he, he gets very close to her. And his arm goes from being um, around the back of her chair mm-hmm. to being around her shoulder and then being around her very tightly and his arm, uh, his hand being around her, like holding her. Yes. In an em- embrace. Yes. It's very nice. And very he nice. is zeroed in on her. Yes. Uh, you know, women talk, or you, you hear one of the things women complain about about men, is they simply do not listen when, mm-hmm. when you're speaking. And whether he's really just, you know, whatever's going on in his head, it may not have anything to do with what she's saying, but he certainly gives the illusion of being very interested in what she is saying and mm-hmm. who she is. And it's just, again, it's like supplemental material to the, the Shatner flirting course, you know, for which Out to Lunch is, is the the core curriculum. It's true. And he basically started interviewing her yes. during the last part of that, and which I thought was brilliant. He just started asking her questions. He took over from whoever was firing questions at them from behind the camera. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was wonderful. Yes, and um, the way they're sort of skirting around, they think, not letting us know that they had this roaring affair. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, him talking. I thought it was funny that he was talking talking about you know how they dressed her so frumpily and everything and uh, mm-hmm. and but the beauty of the woman was was from within and and when he's talking about what uh, what he thinks you know the real beauty is it's 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 really wonderful that she's she's getting sort of giddy not mm-hmm. as not as bad as Suzanne the the woman in out to lunch but she's like oh yes you were fun on the set <laughs> Oh, oh my! It was great, and and what and he he said, um, and and she was the one who brought it up. She said, "Oh yes," and you were you were looking at me. Those looks that we were exchanging, oh, yes. you know, there was like a lot of chemistry between you and I, and and the looks that your character was giving me. And he interjected somewhat jokily, "Yes, I was looking at you with a large amount of lust." <laughs> <laughs> and then she says. Well, what do you think Captain Cook would have done? And before she can finish it, he goes, he'd ravish her. Yes. <laughs> just straight away, just come right out with it, Bill. No problem. No there. problem. Just very direct. But um, it was reminding me of, I have never seen this, but I've heard this story. Um, the first time they were on stage together at one of the cons, you know, he, he brought her out and she looked up behind them where they have the clip and, and you know, there they are in, in the thing. And she goes, oh, my, look at me. I'm so young and innocent. And he goes, you were never innocent. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Um, but he, I, I thought in this interview, he was so uh, gracious. Oh, yes. And- just so sweet and wonderful and he kept complimenting her mm-hmm. and saying how beautiful she she is and was and he couldn't have been nicer to her i mean yes. really it was so so nice and and she was being i mean i've seen her in interviews before where she's just been a total ditz oh yeah and um not made any sense and also has she's been you know, kind of stupid and, and not, in, I mean, in a, in a mean way. Yes. I've seen her be yes. really mean in interviews and she was so nice. She was just really talking about acting 
mm-hmm. which was great. And and I think he brought that out of her. Again, yes. he was sort of interviewing her and talking about what their characters were supposed to be mm-hmm. thinking and feeling. And that was great. You know, they really got down to acting chops in this. Mm-hmm. And to hear Joan Collins talk about what was motivating her character that's pretty amazing. That Man, was. You get most people to and do she, that. And she know? didn't have to read it off her hand. She actually said yeah. it. You know, it was yeah. amazing. You know what else, kind of off the topic of Joan and Bill and sexuality, but just kind of made me sit up straight was early in the part where it was just Bill. And he said, and I think I'm pretty pretty close on the quote, he said, um, regret, regret is a wasted emotion. Yes. And the thing that made me sit up straight is, I I actually said that once hmm. because I actually do believe that. And the person yes. I said it to laughed and said, yeah, you're the most guilt-free person I know. <laughs> I thought, you, you know, you say that like it's a bad thing. But Bill and I share that, that view that, uh, yeah. and exactly as he was describing it, you know, whatever the bad things are that happened, they led you to where you are now. Yeah, so, I, I agree completely. And, mm-hmm. and he talked about that with her, with Joan yes. Collins, um, toward the end of the interview. And mm-hmm. he was saying it's, he wishes there was a better word for what that is. Mm-hmm. When you look back on your life and you see that maybe you made a bad decision, it's not that you regret it. It's that it was a life lesson that you learned. Yes. And hopefully it led you to make a better decision later on in life. So mm-hmm. it's not that you regret it, that you wish you had done things differently, you recognize that you were at a place where maybe you couldn't have made a a different decision, Mm -hmm. um, and it maybe wasn't the best thing for you to do at the time, but you don't, you're not wasting time moaning over it and going, oh, there should have been different, and poor me, and things have turned out so badly, it's just that you recognize that things couldn't be any different, and now you're in a different place, and you'll make a better decision next time something similar happens, so it was a lesson that you learned, and, and that's the way it should be. Well, I just have to say, this was so much fun being witness to what, in many ways, was a semi-private conversation between yes. Bill and one of his old flames. Yes. It was wonderful. And the fact that they were so comfortable with each mm-hmm. other. And, and still so kind sweet. of flirting with each other. And, and flirting and everything. Yeah. And, and just so so nice. And, and that they were, you know, I don't know. You know, you, you, Bill is so surprising in so many ways and, and we shouldn't be surprised by this, but it still does that having had so many different relationships with women and being the kind of guy that he is, that, that he's still so tender and sweet and, and caring about a woman that he had an affair with, uh, how many years ago? Yes. You know, um, that he cares, that he still cares and he still listens to what she has to say and that he still wants to be sort of physically close to her and cuddle mm-hmm. up to her. Yes. That's wonderful. That's so wonderful. And the other aspect of it is um, that they can look at each other in a professional sense and go, we're still working. Mm-hmm. We're, we're still relevant. You know, we, we, we started out as kids in the mm-hmm. early days of television, and we came along, and we, we kept on working, and and look where we are. You know, so many people either have passed away or dropped out of the business or just things never never quite sparked for them. And I think there there is a real comfort in being among or being with a peer in that way yes. after many years. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, Margaret, thank you so much. Yes, that was a lovely, lovely clip. I'm so glad we got to watch it. I'm so glad it was so long, too, Yes, that they just let the camera run and let them talk. Yes, and uh, we will definitely, of course, post the link, and you guys are going to want to go go watch this, and uh, we'd love to hear your take on it. Yes, watch the whole thing. Yes, it's definitely yes. worth watching the whole thing. It is. And now it's time for a special report from our comics correspondent. Yes, well... Um, I have been uh, trying to get my hands on some comics for us to talk about, and I finally did. And here's two comics that I've been reading about, and I I finally read them, and now I'm going to talk about them so that you don't have to read them, (laughs) because you don't want to read them. Oh, okay. Thank you. this is uh, a little story arc, and I don't know, they may continue some of this, but I hope they don't. Um, 
It's in the current Star Trek series that's set in the the J.J. Abrams verse, and they're published by IDW, and these two issues are called Parallel Lives, and we mentioned them briefly before. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it's issues 29 and uh, whatever the other one is after it. Now, I even have to look to see if it's 29 and 30 or if it's (laughs) 29A and B or part one and two. I don't know, whatever it is. Anyway, they're called Parallel Lives. So, um, what happens? Okay, so it opens with um, the crew of the Enterprise and they beam down to a planet and um, it's an alien planet, and stuff's going on, and then they beam back up, and oh, look, it's a gender swap, and oh. it's all the Enterprise crew, but they're all women, and the captain is Jane Kirk, and um, Spock is a woman, and Rand is a guy, and Scotty is a woman, and it's all gender swapped. And then stuff happens, and then they end up getting pulled into this vortex, and they meet um, the crew of the J.J. Abrams Enterprise, played by all our favorite actors. And (laughs) then they, yeah. And then they have to figure out how to get back to their own respective universes, and then they do, and then it's over. (laughs) That's basically the whole plot of these two issues of the comic book. Don't they all die at the end? They don't all die at the end. I wish they had because that would have been interesting. Uh-huh. But nothing happens. Like this, this, the whole plot is just that we meet them. They don't unite together to defeat a common enemy. There's no moral thing <laughs> that gets defeated. There's no change. Like nothing. They just wow. meet. They go back to their separate universes. The end. <laughs> so, so I don't know if this is a setup for something else. Or what? But this was nothing. Like, there was no reason for this to happen other than, gee, wouldn't it be fun to see what would happen if we, you know, had the crew of the Enterprise be mostly women? Okay. Um, There's some jokey stuff that got thrown in at the end of the second issue, which I'll come to in a second. But anyway, um, so that's my first criticism is that there's no plot. (laughs) You know, that sounds even worse Um, than that gender swapping story that's actually in one of those old New Voyages books. mm -hmm, Yeah. Uh, And I hate that story. I hate it. But this sounds worse. (laughs) I just wish there had been more of a plot Mm -hmm. because it would have been good, you know. Might have been, yeah. If they had had to come together to defeat whoever, I don't know, the Q Continuum or something like that, right? Yeah. It would have been good. But no, there isn't that. I got to ask a question that just occurred to me because I remember seeing a picture of the cover of this. And Mm -hmm. um, when they get gender swapped, um, not only do their their bodies change, like to female bodies, they now have breasts and presumably no Mm -hmm. penises. But um, now Kirk has this, this longer blondish hairdo. Uh-huh. So if Picard gets gender swapped, is he a bald woman? Uh, don't know. They didn't deal with that. Oh, okay. It was only the, the TOS folks. Well, I shouldn't say TOS. It's the J.J. Abrams folks. Okay. Um, so here are the good things. Um, I like the art a lot. The art is actually really good. And the women on the gender swap crew are drawn like real women oh my god they're not drawn like stick figures they're drawn like really well-built women like Uh you expect there to be in starfleet they look really muscular yeah healthy could actually kick some ass Mm -hmm. uh which is amazing so i'm really really happy about that and most of the women are in fact wearing pants and not little skirts so that's great yes um they don't have stupid hairdos They don't have um, ridiculous, like, dangly earrings or anything that would be completely out of place on a starship. So, hooray! Yes! They got that right. That's that's wonderful. Um, And they're not wearing ridiculous makeup either. They don't have, you know, big red lips or or lots of eye makeup or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So, good. That is all good. Um, They did an okay job with the name swapping. I actually checked on a few of them. Except for one huge fail, <laughs> and I can't believe that they got this wrong. But the male version of Uhura, yeah. his name is Uhuro with an O at the end. Uh huh. Okay. Jeez. Oh, it should be Uhuru because that's the Swahili word uh-huh. for freedom. And any Trek fan who knows anything about Uhura knows that 
the reason that they named Uhura Uhura is because she was reading a book, and it was about Swahili Uhuru, mm-hmm. the word for freedom, and that's where they took her name from. Right. So they got it wrong. I mean, it's so simple. It was like they couldn't even bother to check, and they got it wrong. They totally got it wrong. That made me very angry. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Uhuru. So major character got the name wrong. That, that made me mad. Uhuru is, um, I believe, Swahili for major fail. <laughs> I think you're right about that. <laughs> I think you are totally right about that. Okay. Um so, what is another major fail here? Okay, uh, there's this, which just strikes me as odd. I don't know if it's really a major fail or not. Mm-hmm. So, in this gender-swapped universe, the crew of the Enterprise is mostly women, but there are some men there sprinkled throughout, kind of the way the Enterprise in the J.J. Abrams-verse is mostly men with some women who are sprinkled throughout. <laughs> um, there's no explanation given for this. Mm-hmm. It's not that the men are viewed as incapable or anything. There's no discussion about this. It just is the way it is. Mm-hmm. And we see some men who are higher up in Starfleet. But again, there's no explanation for it. So no, there's no there's no exposition police who come and say, <laughs> you know, oh, the Enterprise is the only starship where there's mostly women. Like, there's nothing. It, you just accept it. And, okay, that's fine. I can take that. But then um, there's this one part where Kirk, Jane Kirk, uh, gets given some orders by the admiral who says, um, let's see, I appreciate that, you, you know, you don't want to follow these orders, but um, you have to. I'm telling you that you have to do. And everybody said that when I told you that you had to follow my orders, that you'd have an emotional reaction. Everybody at Starfleet is confident in your abilities, Kirk, despite your headstrong reputation. Um, but we are not oblivious to the fact that you are the youngest captain in Starfleet. And she says, you can lose the, lose the code words, Admiral. Emotional, headstrong, just come, out on, come on out and say it. A young female captain makes the bigwigs back in San Francisco nervous. Okay. Okay. Why is that relevant if everybody on the crew is a woman? Well, yeah, and um, <laughs> I would say emotional is a, a, a code word. But headstrong? I mean, yeah. I, I don't think that describing male Kirk as headstrong would be off target. Right? Yeah, not at all. And then we get a little flashback in the next section where... This Kirk, Jane Kirk, has the same backstory as Jim Kirk in that her mother was captain of the um, the starship just like in the movie mm-hmm. for, for eight minutes, right? And, and sacrificed herself just like Jim Kirk's father sacrificed himself. Was she giving birth while she did this? Uh, no. So it's, that's not explained. So <laughs> oh, we okay. don't know how that happened. <laughs> okay. But, but anyway, but yeah, so... So that happened, too. So her mother was a starship captain. Mm-hmm. So why is it so weird that she's a female starship captain who's making people... Like, well, I don't get it. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's uh, wrong. That Yeah. That's just wrong. Okay. So that's wrong. Um, I don't know what the writer was thinking when they inserted that. It would have just been enough to say, I'm a young captain on her first assignment. Yes. And that would have explained it right there. Right. You know, anyway. Whatever. Um, they also made Khan a woman, which I thought was kind of interesting, so mm-hmm. that was cool. And was she named um, Connie? Uh, no, just Khan. <laughs> Aww. Uh, no, but I think Connie would be cool. perfect. Connie would have been good. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> cool. Um, and then there's this other thing where Sulu and Uhuru, not Sulu, God, Spock and Uhuru um, are having a relationship. But then he says to her... Um, uh, I want to protect the woman that I love. And he says, uh, the gallant knight always wants to save the princess. And I'm like, okay, again, it seems to be the case in this universe that women are as competent or more competent than men if mm-hmm. this particular starship is staffed mostly by women. So where does that trope come in? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, that is bizarre. So it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. 
Well, that's too bad. Anyway, so those are some minor complaints that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I really did like, and as someone had pointed this out in some comments about this comic, is that um, McCoy, who is also a woman, is drawn... um, with a, a a perma scowl, just like Carl Urban. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, okay, so that's pretty cool. So that's the first issue. Then they have the thing. They go into the anomaly, and then they the stupid J.J. Abrams crew shows up, and then there's that. Okay, let's go to the next issue. Let me bounce back to the beginning. I'm kind of going through this page by page. Sure. Um, and then they show up, and you know what? I have to say, they did a pretty good job of writing Kirk um, as played by, uh, what's his name? Pine. What's his name? Pine. That's it. Chris Pine. Um, just as much of a jerk as he is in the movies. So that was good. They got his character pretty much true to rights. I like Jane Kirk a lot better than I like Jim Kirk. <laughs> He's just as as jerky and condescending in the comic as he is in the movie. He's a moron in the movie. He's a mor he's a moron in the comic and he's a moron in the movie. Yeah. She's right. She does the right thing and does everything the way she should all along and he's an idiot. He's she's a real Captain Kirk. She is. She's the real Captain Kirk and he's just a dumb imposter. Oh god. Um so anyway, she does the right thing and makes all the right decisions and gets them out of trouble and um he's he's, he's He's stupid. Uh, so then as there, here comes the jokey part. So then the anomaly that they're in that caused this all to happen, weird things start happening. So temporarily um, some Klingons dressed in Starfleet uniforms appear, and then they disappear real quick. And then um, they get a really, uh, like, millisecond visit from um, Mirror Kirk, as played by William Shatner, who shows up for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was nice of him to pop in. Yes. And then um, I was good to see him. I was like, oh, Bill. Uh, and then he left. And then Jordy shows up for a second, and then he leaves. And then the two uh, brilliant Chekhovs, the female and the male Chekhov, uh, to figure out what's going on. And then they solve the problem, and then everybody goes back to their own universe, and then the, uh, the comic's over. Okay. The end. The end. Okay. So don't read it. It's not yeah, good. Well, no. Thank you. Thank you for saving us from that. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that I'm going to read for you guys is the um, the uh, cut and paste um, with photographs from uh, Oh yes. No Man. Yes. I finally got hold of that. So oh, I can't wait to hear about list. that. Yes. Oh. So that will be in our next episode. I will have a review of that. Oh, yes. fantastic. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Oh, well, good. Thank you for doing all that work for us. Yeah, well, you know, it had to be done, and it oh, was yeah. something that I think people want to, to know about and, and need to know about. So I'm going to try to stay a little more on top of the comics thing. Now, I do have another comic that I think everybody will enjoy hearing about when oh. I get around to reading oh, it. Oh, okay. This was also put out by IDW. Let me find it so I can get the title correct. Um, and, like, who comes up with these ideas? I don't know, <laughs> but... Um, it's called Star Trek Leonard Nimoy Frontier Doctor. <laughs> what? What? Is that like Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman? Uh, I don't really know, <laughs> uh, but it's not meant to be the frontier of the West. Um, it's it's like him. It, it takes place um, in the year before he joined up with the Enterprise in the first movie. But he's so Leonard what, Nimoy, not Mr. Spock? Oh, I'm sorry. Leonard McCoy, Frontier oh, Doctor. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> All right. Boy, I was just going, what, what, what? No, no, no. That's my brain not working. That's that's the problem when you have a brain that doesn't work. Okay, okay. Let, let me try that again. All right. Star Trek, Leonard McCoy, Frontier Doctor. Okay, that makes a little more sense. I instantly understand what you're talking about yes. now. <laughs> so it's what it's what Dr. McCoy was doing in the years before he jumped on board the Enterprise when, when uh, Kirk pulled him so rudely out of retirement in, oh. in the first movie. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yep. So he's got oh. a big old beard and everything. All and, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's what he was up to. So it looks pretty interesting, and I'm going to read that too and see what his old cranky self was up to when yeah. he was country doctoring around. Okay. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Yes, indeed. Well, I think that's our show, isn't it? 
I think that's our show. I think we've covered everything. Um, I know we both have a lot of prep to do to get ready for Shatmoy. There's things to be done. Pancakes know. to be um, baked. Drinks to be made. Cookies to be baked. All yes, things all to of be that hung stuff. On the walls yes, that, yes, yes, you know. yes. Um, so, but I do want to wish a very happy birthday to Bill. Yes, happy birthday, Bill. And to Leonard. Mm. And to you. And Leonard. Yes. It's a good time of year. It's a good time of year to have a birthday. Yes. And, and it's spring. Today's actually the first day of spring. I know. I know. Good. Like, thank God. Yeah, I'm hoping we don't get any more snow now. We've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, everybody, happy Shatmoy to you all. Yes, and, let us um, know how you celebrate. Yes, and if you see some items around on the internets or anything about how other folks are celebrating <laughs> Shatmoy, boy, I'm having a tough time today. I guess. Um, let us know. Send us your your um, your bits and bites about how Shatmoy is being celebrated around the world because it is an international holiday. Oh yes, like I said, it's the holiday for everyone. Yep, that's right. Yep, everyone should be happy about Shatmoy. It's true. Yes. All right. Well, as always, everyone, thanks for listening and. Happy, happy, happy Shatmoy. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.